Welcome back to the Football Outsiders Fantasy Podcast. I'm Scott Spratt, a writer for Football Outsiders, which is part of the Edge Sports family. It's Thursday leading into the Week 9 games, so I'm going to go ahead and get into my favorite and least favorite matchups for players this week based on their venues, the forecasted weather, and their defensive opponents. And now that we're on the brink of entering November, weather is really going to play an important role starting this week with a number of games. I'll get into those specifically with the individual players, but let's just go ahead and get started with quarterbacks. Where the best matchups this week include Russell Wilson, Philip Rivers, Matthew Stafford, Derek Carr, and Josh Allen. For Russell Wilson, he didn't quite capitalize on his great matchup against the Falcons last week. The Seahawks were just too far ahead, and Wilson only attempted 20 pass attempts. But this week, he's back at home facing a Buccaneers team that increases pass plays by 17%, and passing touchdowns per attempt by 36%. That's the third most in football. They're just generally much stronger against the run, where they have the number one DVOA run defense, than the pass, the number 26 DVOA run defense. Meanwhile, Wilson does better in general at home than on the road, with a 2.5 fantasy point advantage on the home versus on the road since 2016. So it's a lot of things conspiring to help Wilson have a very good matchup this week. He jumps up from fourth in my true talent rankings to number one this week among quarterbacks. Next up, Philip Rivers. His matchup on paper I don't think is quite as good. He's facing a Packers defense that's actually number eight DVOA against the pass. But while they decrease completion percentage by 8%, they increase pass touchdowns per attempt by 3%. So I think it's maybe a little bit better of a fantasy matchup than it is in reality. The bigger question here is how Rivers and the Chargers offense will react after firing offensive coordinator Ken Wisenhunt this week. They did that without even a bye to sort of ease the transition. And they're going to have Steve, um, Steve Steichen, who I still am not sure if I have his name right, uh, calling plays for the first time in his career this week. So I'm a little bit nervous there with Rivers, um, but he, by rating, is a top 10 play this week. And I think you could probably use him in your typical leagues. May not be my first choice in more of a DFS type of format. Matthew Stafford is probably an excellent choice in, in your DFS options. He's playing the Raiders this week. They're neutral for pass plays, which is actually quite a plus for teams that are below average. Meanwhile, they increase passing touchdowns per attempt by 54%, which is the most in football, and are generally just stronger against the run, the number nine DVOA run defense than the, than the pass, the number 29 DVOA pass defense. So Stafford should have a good week, and so too should number of his receivers, which I'll get to in a bit. Meanwhile, across the field, you'll have Derek Carr facing the Lions, and Carr's success may depend a little bit on Darius Slay's involvement, and I'll get into that a little bit later, talking about wide receivers too. But the Lions' defense increases pass plays by 13%, which kind of offsets the fact that they're more neutral in terms of passing yards per attempt and touchdowns per attempt. They have the number 22 DVA pass defense. And Carr, too, is another guy that does better at home on the road than a typical quarterback, averaging 2.8 more fantasy points per game at home than on the road since 2016. So Carr should have a good matchup at home against the Lions this week. And then finally, Josh Allen. So he's facing the Redskins, who are more of a neutral passing matchup in terms of fantasy production, even though they're just the number 24 DVOA pass defense. Meanwhile, this game is going to be in Buffalo, where the temperatures are going to be in the low 40s with maybe 12 mile per hour winds or so. So pretty significant winds. The thing with Allen, though, is it's all really about the rushing production. And with seven of his 11 career rushing touchdowns coming at home versus on the road, I think that that's really more driven by game script than it is by things like weather or anything else. So facing the Redskins, an inferior opponent, it may be a situation where, you know, the Bills get ahead and that leads to more opportunities near the goal line where Allen can can grab those goal line touchdowns. I think that's going to make this a pretty good matchup for Allen this week. Okay, let's transition over to the quarterbacks with the worst matchups this week. We have Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, Case Keenum, and Deshaun Watson. For Lamar Jackson, he draws the Patriots defense that's obviously been terrorizing everybody in fantasy this year. They decrease passing yards per attempt by 28%. 
passing touchdowns per attempt by 75%, which is the most in football. They increased pass interceptions per attempt by 130%, obviously a huge number there. They're the number two DVOA pass defense in general. And the eight quarterbacks they've faced this year have averaged a 53% completion percentage, 163 passing yards per game, 0.3 passing touchdowns per game, and 2.3 interceptions per game, which folds into a fantasy total of just 4.5 fantasy points per game. Obviously, that's rough. Now, Jackson is a different caliber of quarterback than they've generally faced so far this season. Other than Ben Roethlisberger in week one, and maybe you could argue Baker Mayfield last week, it's been a lot of bad quarterbacks this year. You know, Fitzpatrick, Luke Falk in for Sam Darnold, and then Sam Darnold later in the season, Daniel Jones, Colt McCoy. Uh, They knocked um, uh, Allen out of the game, and so Matt Barkley came in for the Bills. So it's been a lot of subpar quarterbacks at play here. So I'm not going to lower Jackson too far, but he drops from third in my true talent rankings to 13th for the week. So it makes it a pretty bad matchup for him and maybe makes him a not a bad option for DFS. Meanwhile, this game is going to be in Baltimore, which helps Jackson a little bit, but the temperatures are supposed to be in more of the high 30s, low 40s range and decreasing over the course of the game. This is the Sunday night game, so it could be a tough game for the the Ravens passing attack and, frankly, also the rushing attack, which I'll get to in a little bit. Kyler Murray, he has pretty much as as difficult a matchup here facing the 49ers. Um, He... He's at home as well, but the 49ers decreased pass plays by 23%, which is by far the most in football. And then they also decreased passing yards per attempt by 24%, passing touchdowns per attempt by 54%, increased passing interceptions per attempt by 47%. They've already had their bye, so they've only had seven opponents. And one of their opponents, weirdly, Andy Dalton back in week two, threw for 311 yards and two touchdowns. But if you just add them all together, it's another really dismal line of 156 average passing yards per game, 07 touchdowns and 1.4 interceptions per game could be a tough road here for Murray and Murray actually faces the 49ers again in two weeks after this week right leading into the Cardinals bye. so this may be a really good time to try to trade Murray away if you're facing an opponent that maybe isn't plugged into the weekly matchups plays for their quarterbacks Next up, we have Baker Mayfield. He's facing a Broncos team. Early in the season, it looked like the Broncos' defense and, and pass defense wasn't going to be as strong. I think they were either three or four weeks into the season before they had their first sack. But they've had 12 sacks over the last three weeks and seem to have bounced back. They're up to the number five DVA pass defense overall. They decreased pass plays by 9%, passing yards per attempt by 15%, and passing touchdowns per attempt by 53% one of the highest ratings in the game. So I think Mayfield's going to be a really bad start. He's actually at the bottom of my rankings this week. One spot ahead of him and second worst is Case Keenum. He faces the Bills that decrease passing yards per attempt by 9% and touchdowns per attempt by 54%. They're the number six DVOA pass defense. Um, And again, this game is up in Buffalo where it's going to be low temperatures and moderate winds of about 12 miles per hour. For someone like Josh Allen that runs the ball, he can maybe get away with that. But for Keenum, who's really more of a pocket passer, playing on the road in those difficult weather conditions may make it even harder than usual for him to have fantasy success. I would avoid him in pretty much every format this week. And then finally, Deshaun Watson, a player that's probably too good to be overly concerned with the matchups, but he draws the game against the Jaguars in London, where, you know, the typical London autumn weather here, we have temperatures in the 40s with about 15 mile per hour winds and possible rain. This is really the only game right now that looks like it might have rain this weekend. So that's a really tough spot for Watson and the Texans there. Plus the Jaguars, after having their rough spot in week one against the Chiefs, they've boosted all the way up to the number seven DVA pass defense. They decreased passing touchdowns per attempt by 26% 
and really that entire rating is pretty much built with their current roster. So there's no real concerns about losing Jalen Ramsey, who they haven't really been playing this year anyway. So I'm a little bit nervous here for Watson. Let's see. I think I dropped him down to, yeah, my number eight quarterback for the week. So again, your, your weekly, uh, your full season type of leagues, I think you're probably going to use them, but DFS isn't the best option. Next up, we have running backs where the best matchups this week include Derrick Henry, Josh Jacobs, Austin Eckler, Ezekiel Elliott, Tariq Cohen, and Dalvin Cook. For Derrick Henry, he faces the Panthers, who this kind of snuck up on me, but I probably should have seen this coming since I watch all their games. Uh, they are the number 32 DVA run defense. They've fallen even below the Dolphins. Now, part of that was the 49ers last week. They just blew them out, and they seem pretty much superior however you want to look at it. Tevin Coleman had four total touchdowns in the game. But even the week before that, the Buccaneers had two rushing touchdowns and the Bucs pretty much pass all the time. So I think this is pretty clearly a team that increases rushing touchdowns per attempt, just maybe not to the extreme 176% that it looks like they've done over the first eight weeks. Uh, But they also increased rushing yards per attempt by 42%. Um, And Henry is a guy that just generally does well in these type of matchups. Now, one thing I'll mention here is that Henry's going to be on the road in Carolina, and he's been a little bit better at home than on the road this year uh, and for his career as well. So it's a little bit of a down matchup in that respect, but overall, I think it's a pretty big boost. I have him up in my top five at the position this week with the attractive matchup. Now, with Josh Jacobs, he's, he's pretty interesting. For one, he had another road game last week and didn't score a touchdown, which means that in his four road games this year, he's yet to score, but has four touchdowns in just three home games this season. He's at home this week facing the Lions, so pretty good chance to score potentially if you want to buy into that early career trend. Meanwhile, he's facing a Lions team that's number 19 in DVOA run defense, and they increased run plays by 12% and modestly increased rushing yards per attempt and rushing touchdowns per attempt by 6 and 7%. So I think it's overall a pretty plus matchup for Jacobs here. He should do well. Uh, for Austin Eckler of the Chargers, interesting one here where, again, I think you're wondering a little bit about this offense, but... Facing a Packers team that's number 22 DVOA against the run and number eight against the pass, this may be a situation where the Chargers want to rely a little bit more heavily on the run, some of those simpler concepts, and worry about the passing game when you have a a matchup that dictates that you could use it a little bit better. Uh, Meanwhile, the Packers increased rushing yards per attempt by 15% and rushing touchdowns per attempt by 24%. They may overwhelm the Chargers' offensive line, but that's really where Eckler kind of comes in and makes a better play than Melvin Gordon anyway, given the state of this team. So... I can see Eckler having an effective week and would be happy to use him regardless of format this week. Next up, we have Ezekiel Elliott. He faces the Giants. Uh, The Giants are actually stronger against the pass than the run. They're the number 12 DVOA run defense and only number 28 DVOA pass defense. But while on a per-play basis, guys like Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup will probably have a ton of production and you can use them, it's still a pretty good matchup for a running back because the Giants increased run plays by 16% and increased rushing touchdowns per attempt by 16%. So Elliott, even if he doesn't get the same amount of workload, uh, he'll probably get some some extra runs and he'll probably score a few more score more touchdowns than you, he typically would expect to see here. So I think he's a really good play this week. And then I'll finish this up here with Dalvin Cook. He's facing a Chiefs team. This is another team where the trends are a little bit different than you'd expect, since the Chiefs tend to put up a lot of points and gain big leads in games, but they still increase run plays by 8%, which is unusual for that type of team. But it's really just about the fact that the Chiefs have the number 30 DVA run defense, and I think teams enter the enter these games with a plan to attack them on the ground where their biggest weakness is. You definitely expect the Vikings to do that this week. Not only do they love to rely on, on Cook in the running game in general, but with this game being in Kansas City with around 13 miles per hour wins, I think that's probably going to be even more their typical 
game plan, and Cook will probably get more than 20 carries this week. Uh, the Chiefs also increased rushing yards per attempt by 14% and rushing touchdowns per attempt by 33%. So all around a pretty good matchup here for Cook, who you're going to use as a top 10 option this week and, and pretty much every week. Okay, next up, the running backs are the worst matchups. We have Mark Ingram, Leonard Fournette, Kenyon Drake, Marlon Mack, Trey Carson, and Carlos Hyde. For Mark Ingram, he's in that game against the Patriots that I mentioned, and while most of the superlatives that we give to the Patriots are about their pass defense, they still have the number eight DVA run defense, and they still haven't allowed a rushing touchdown to a running back this year. They allowed one to, to Josh Allen, the quarterback, and a wide receiver on the Redskins as well, but none to running backs. Overall, they decreased rushing touchdowns per attempt by 54%. It's going to make this a pretty tough matchup for Ingram, a guy that relies heavily on that. The Patriots also decreased run plays by 22%, which is the most in football. And if the Ravens fall into an unfavorable game script, it may be a situation where they need to move away from Ingram and rely a little bit more on you know the quarterback and passing attack to try to play catch up. So could be a tough day here for Ingram or for any of the Ravens backs if you're using other ones like Gus Edwards in deeper formats. Uh, for Leonard Fournette, uh, this is that Texans-Jaguars game that's going to be in London. And I think Fournette just gets so much work typically that you really can't drop him too far. He's still in my top 10 this week and one I'm considering kind of a bad matchup. But with the winds and possible rain, they may they may rely a little bit more the Jags on, on the ground game. Um, but the Texans are stronger against the run defensively. Number five DVA run defense versus number 23 DVA pass defense. And that split may have gotten even wider with J.J. Watt falling out for the year. So if the Texans end up decreasing run plays the way they typically do by 16% and decrease rushing touchdowns per attempt by 62%, you know, Fournette may have trouble finding the end zone, which is really would help him with his fantasy value. And he's, I think he's only found it once so far this season. Next up, Kenyon Drake. So I think the breaking news, this he's playing tonight um, again in that 49ers game. The breaking news is that David Johnson is going to miss this game as well as Chase Edmonds. So that pretty much leaves Kenyon Drake as the preferred option um, for the Cardinals. They, I think they have Zach Zinner and Alfred Morris on the roster and Zinner may have gotten two touches last week when Edmonds was playing, but it's probably going to be mostly a Drake show here, but the 49ers, in, in addition to having a great pass defense, they decreased run plays by 7% and decreased rushing touchdowns per attempt by 60%. It's kind of like the Patriots where the, the solid pass defense influences how many passes and runs the teams can manage against them. Now, Drake does catch passes out of the backfield, and that's probably the ticket to his fantasy value. So if you're in a PPR format, you can use him as a top 20 option this week, but that doesn't mean that I love the matchup. I think it's going to be tough sledding for him and pretty much all the Cardinals tonight and I wouldn't want to use him in DFS. Next up, we have Marlon Mack. Uh, he's facing a Steelers defense that you may not think of as being a strong run defense, but they really are. They decreased rushing yards per attempt by 20% and rushing touchdowns per attempt by 41%. Could be tough for him um, facing those Steelers. It's kind of a similar situation for Carlos Hyde. Uh, the Jaguars decreased run plays by 7% and rushing touchdowns per attempt by 6%. Um, again, though, that, that wet, bad weather in London may influence the Texans' decision to use him more, but they could also use Duke Johnson in those situations. And then Trey Carson with the Lions is facing the Raiders that decreased rushing yards per attempt by 27% and rushing touchdowns per attempt by 15%, and just are generally stronger against the run with a number nine DVA run defense than the pass, number 29. With Carson, you know, I know he got the surprising start last week, but I think this may be a situation where he and Ty Johnson are playing different roles and where Carson, who's much bigger at 5'11 and 228 pounds, plays more of the LeGarrette Blunt role for the Lions, whereas Ty Johnson plays, I guess, last year's carry and Johnson role. And with that, Johnson may be the one that gets more of the work in the passing game. And if that's the case, Carson may have the more extreme home and road splits and matchup splits. 
As such, I'm actually more comfortable using Johnson this week and think Johnson may generally have more fantasy value, at least more consistent fantasy value, if Carson's going to be relying on touchdowns for a lot of his fantasy production. So I, I would really probably prefer to look elsewhere than Carson this week, playing on the road in Oakland against that strong run defense. Let's pivot over to talk wide receivers. My favorite matchups this week include Tyler Lockett, TK Metcalf, Tyrell Williams, Marvin Jones, and Kenny Galladay. So there's a couple of teammates here to, to talk about. And for Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, they're playing the Buccaneers, who I already mentioned are stronger against the run than the pass, but specifically seem to struggle against outside number one and number two receivers. They have the number 24 DVOA defense against number one receivers and number 29 DVOA defense against number two receivers, whereas they are top 10 in DVOA defense against all other receivers. So, you know, that's a specific strengths and weaknesses that really don't match up well for them against the Seahawks, who without Will Disley pretty much rely almost entirely on Lockett and Metcalf in the passing game for their production. So I think there's a pretty good chance that both Lockett and Metcalf score this week. The Buccaneers increased passing touchdowns per attempt by 36%, and I'm happy to use both of them as top 15 options at the position. Uh, for Tyrell Williams uh, facing the Lions defense, and this is the thing that I kind of mentioned earlier about whether or not Darius Slay was going to play or not. He returned to a limited practice on Wednesday after missing last week with a hamstring injury. But I feel like even if he does play, the Lions defense is probably strongest against guys in the middle of the field or the number four DVA defense against other receivers. So not against number one and number two outside receivers. And so for Williams, even if he's out there with Slay on him, you expect him to get more pass plays. The Lions increase pass plays by 13%. Um, so I think that Williams may be pretty effective here in this spot. And if Slay is limited in any way or misses, then I think he becomes a top 10 option for you at the position. And then across the field, you have Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay. They're facing that Raiders defense that I kind of harp on for being an excellent matchup for general passing game. But they're really good against, for number one and number two receivers as well. Number 29 DVA defense against number one receivers. Number 26 against number two receivers. And they're top 10 like the Buccaneers in DVA defense against other receivers. So I would probably leave Danny Amendola on my bench this week, hold him back for matchups more like the Redskins and Vikings later in the season, and rely on the bigger outside guys here in Galladay and Jones this week. For the receivers with the worst matchups this week, we have Odell Beckham, Christian Kirk, Terry McLaurin, um, Jarvis Landry, and Larry Fitzgerald. For Odell Beckham, he's facing that Broncos defense that is number 13 DVOA against number one receivers, and they decrease pass plays by 9%, passing yards per attempt by 15%, and passing touchdowns per attempt by 53%. So it could be a tough spot for him and possibly even tougher for Landry um, because they have the number three DVOA defense against other receivers. Really, the pass rush, I think, has a lot to do with that. But, you know, I expect that to be pretty effective against the, the Browns patchwork offensive line this week. Uh, for Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald, they're facing that 49ers defense that's number one DVOA against the pass. Um, you know, a lot of that stuff, like their, their increasing of interceptions, will affect more of the quarterback than anything else. But they also decrease pass plays by 23%, most in football, if they hold Murray under, you know, 150 passing yards, which has been kind of their trend in recent weeks. It's going to be tough for any of the receivers to, to succeed in fantasy this week, regardless of their role. And then Terry McLaurin. He, as the number one quarter, uh, wide receiver for the Redskins, probably draws the number one cornerback, Jordavius White, from the Bills. White has a 63% coverage success rate this season. That's the thir seventh best of 59 qualified corners. And White is allowing just 1.6 average yards after the catch per catch, which is third lowest at the position. He's just been playing tremendously this season. Just in general, the Bills have an excellent pass defense. Number seven DVA against the pass. They have a good pass rush as well. And with the winds and low temperatures here, too, I just I would avoid all the Redskins this week in fantasy. Could be tough sledding for them. 
And then let's pivot over to the tight ends, where we have the best matchups, including Darren Waller, Hunter Henry, TJ Hawkinson, Jacob Hollister, and George Kittle. For Waller and Henry, I actually had them up to one and two in true talent by this week. So you don't really need a good matchup here to to deploy them with confidence, but they do have good matchups. Waller faces the Lions, which are bottom 10 DVOA defense against tight ends. And Henry faces the Packers that while they're neutral as a DVOA defense against tight ends, they're a little bit weaker against tight ends than they are against number one and two receivers. And they allow 56 yards per game to tight ends, which is a little higher than you'd probably expect for a neutral DVOA defense there. I have them one and two again this week. once you account for for the context as well. For TJ Hawkinson, he gets a little bit better defensive matchup here facing the Raiders, although he'll face them on the road. The Raiders are the number 29 DVA defense versus tight ends this season, and they've had allowed some big games, including two touchdowns last week to Darren Fells. Jacob Hollister draws the Buccaneers defense, which is number 27 DVA defense against tight ends, and they actually allow 93 yards per game to the position, which is the most in football, more even than the Cardinals. My major reservation here with Hollister is that even though he has eight targets the last two games, a lot more than Luke Wilson, he split offensive snaps with Wilson more evenly. So this may be much more of a workload split than the last two games have made it seem. He's kind of borderline tight end three for me. So this really may be a deep league option only. Uh, Unlike that, we have George Kittle. He faces the Cardinals that I'm going to say are probably actually the best matchup for uh, for tight ends more so than even you know the Buccaneers or the Raiders. They're the number 32 DVOA defense against the position. They're allowing 90 yards per game to the position. Kittle's getting the ball a ton. I think the only really risk here that you would see is that if the 49ers handle the Cardinals pretty easily like they did the Panthers last week, maybe they rely heavily on the run to kill clock. But overall, tight ends have had no problems scoring a lot of points against the Cardinals. And I'm happy to use Kittle as the number one tight end in DFS pricing. It's fine. I think he's going to have a really good week. And then for the, the tight ends with the worst matchup this week, we have Mark Andrews, Jeremy Sprinkle, um, Charles Clay, Cameron Brait, and Darren Fells. Andrews, again, another Raven that's facing the Patriots. The Patriots really don't have any weaknesses on defense. They're definitely not weak against tight ends. They're number three DVA defense against them and allowing just 31 yards per game to the position. So Andrews, I, I think he'll probably get a little bit more work than Marquise Brown or maybe even Mark Ingram, but I wouldn't expect him to have a solid week in fantasy. I have him seventh to the position this week. Now, Jeremy Sprinkle on the Redskins, you know, he's been getting most of the tight end work for the Redskins while Vernon Davis has been out, and and Davis still seems limited by the concussion. I'm not sure he's going to play this week. Uh, I really probably don't want to use Sprinkle except in a deeper format, but he may be an emergency tight end too. Pretty tough matchup against the Bills, though. Uh, For Charles Clay, um, unlike across the other side of the field where the Cardinals provide the best matchup for tight ends, the 49ers probably provide the worst matchup for tight ends in football. They're the number one DVA defense against the position, and they allow just 23 yards per game to the position. Uh, You're probably not using Clay in fantasy at this point anyway, but he's been getting a little bit more work in recent weeks, but I would leave him on your bench this week. Uh, For Cameron Bray, whether or not you want to use him probably depends on O.J. Howard's status. Uh, He tried to test his hamstring on Wednesday in so it's he hasn't really practiced as such, but he ran a little bit. I'd say it's pretty much 50-50 whether he's going to play this week. And so you can follow the news to sort of tell. But Braid is a player that I think is probably going to have some home and road splits. Obviously, Jameis Winston has had heavy home and road splits in his career, and that kind of drives splits for all of his pass catchers. But Braid, too, has caught five of his eight touchdowns the last two years at home versus on the road. So up in Seattle could be a tough matchup for him. And then Darren Fells, a player I mentioned had the two touchdowns last week. Remember, that was against the Raiders, one of the best matchups in football for tight ends. Instead, this week he'll face the Jaguars, who are allowing just 47 yards per game. So it could be a tough week for him. 
maybe a good time to trade him. Or frankly, you can probably cut him in your shallower formats. I just don't think he's going to be more than a back-end tight end, too, even in his best matchups the rest of the way. Okay, that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Football Outsiders Fantasy Podcast. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It's available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and it's recently been added to Stitcher, if that's your preferred way to listen to podcasts. So check it out on all those formats. Meanwhile, come back next Tuesday when I look back at all the Week 9 games and offer my favorite waiver wire picks for Week 10. Thanks so much, and I will talk to you then. Mm-hmm.